What's up, guys? So we have a very special announcement today. Next Thursday, October 24th, we will be in New York City for a live event in partnership with Sony called Creative Space, the content creator's playground. It's a free event for all creators. Yes, you are all invited. Creative Space NYC is a place where you can think, play, and create limitlessly. It exists as a launch pad for your creativity, a place to learn about the tools and tricks you need to go out and share your perspective. We'll have multiple events all beginning at 9 a.m. on Thursday. Everyone that arrives will receive a raffle ticket for a chance to win a brand new Sony A7R 4 That's right. We are giving away a Sony A7R 4 Guys, these are going to be great odds. Come win an epic camera. The first 75 people will receive free AOV shirts. We have custom shooting stations, meaning you guys can come rent amazing gear for free, shoot awesome sets with models, or have your own photo taken. This event will also feature a live gallery event featuring Chris Burkhardt, Lewis Cole, Ashley Brim, and Rachel Ross. Photo walks hosted by the Tech Creative and Mike Myers. Ping pong and cornhole for networking that's not boring. And to top it all off, we'll have a panel talk on how to build a strong personal brand featuring David Rock, a.k.a. D-Rock, who is the man behind the Gary V content machine, as well as epic New York City-based photographer Dave Krugman and one of my personal favorites, Ashley Bram, a.k.a. Ashley in Wonderland. If you're near the New York City area, then be sure to RSVP for this free event using the link in our bio on Instagram by searching at Art of Visuals. We'll see you next week in New York City. What up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. My name is Prince, and I am your host, and today's guest is Phil Yoon. He's a hybrid photographer, filmmaker, based out of los angeles california bill welcome to the show brother what up what up thanks for having me what's good why don't you start us off by letting the aov community know a little bit more about yourself so i am originally based out of new jersey north jersey not to be confused with like like uh, Jersey Shore type stuff. So, but uh, I'm like, I was like 15 minutes away from New York City. So a lot of my work was there. Started out with street and then just wanted to get better every day and had the people around me that could help me do that. More recently, uh, in April, I moved to LA with my wife. Shout out my wife because she's the reason why it happened. Her agency moved and expanded to LA last July and then she showed interest and um, yeah, I said I want to move unless they pay for it <laughs> and they made it happen. I really appreciate them because they invest in her because they see how much she cares and they compensate her properly for it. That's what's up, man. Yeah. I, as for myself, photography was a life changing part of my life because it just gave me focus where in a time when I had no direction at all. So shout out photography. <laughs> shout out to the photo squad. Speaking of photography, let's start with how you got into photography in the first place. So one, so Jay and Silva, Silva, uh, Jay and Silva on Instagram. He is uh, my brother and he, we were college roommates at the time. I was playing baseball in college and he was, a transfer into our baseball suite. After that relationship started blossoming, we were, we were really good friends, but never really talked about anything in the creative industry. After college, five years after college about, uh, he hit me up. He was like, yo, pull up to a sunrise. I was like, what? 
It's like I'm not a morning person. I'm like, yeah, just bring your phone, just come out, see see what it's like. So uh, we ended up going to the George Washington Bridge six in the morning. It was winter. It was cold. I was like, oh, it's terrible. But it ended up being one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. Just hanging out with friends, trying to get creative and catching up with them. And after that, my boy, John Suarez, uh, JM Suarez on Instagram, he shouted me out on Instagram. And then I got like two random likes, one follower. I was like, what is this? <laughs> what, what is this? And the competitive side of me was like, yo, this could be some, something big. And then they started schooling me on, on all the different ways of, you know, reaching different audiences and composition and light and all these different things that I had no idea about. But looking back, I had some of the best teachers in the world. What an incredible start to your photography career. I mean, it's not every day that you get a mentor like Silva, you know, to, to, to launch off your career. And now you guys are just boys kicking it all the time. And that brings a lot of joy to my heart, you know, seeing the friendships that have been created in the space and just seeing the bond that people have. And obviously you and Silva are always kicking it and, and have a close bond and, and that's special to have, especially in this space. Sometimes it can get a little competitive and you can feel a little on the outside. So it's always nice to have a, a group of friends you can trust uh, and people that are looking out for you. Yeah, definitely. And for him to be there through thick and thing, like one time I dropped his bag, like I picked up his backpack and the, the zipper was open and every single lens fell out and my heart stopped. But after we made sure everything was cool, he looked at me and was like, it's cool, man. It happens. You know, to have someone that like that, to have the patience to to be okay with something like that, I, I might have been freaking out. But he, he has experience teaching too. He used to be a teacher and a, a middle school teacher, I think. So nice, Silva. You getting some love on the show, bro? <laughs> Silva, Jose Silva, baby. So Phil, what's your what's your what's your favorite style of photography right now? Right now, it's actually. Uh, stop motion video. I figure my goals from photography to uh, animation, which are my goals, I need progression, slow progression in the meantime. So how can I get from point A to point B and still get paid for it, to be honest? So with photos and transitioning into video, the, the, the most rational process was probably stop motion, GIFs, hyperlapses, time lapses, because it, you literally take photos and stitch them together. Um, that That's what my obsession is now, but it's slowly starting to transition into other parts of, of video work, actually. So, Like like traditional video or what type of? Yeah. yeah. So like I, I'm learning one little piece at a time. Nice. So after stop motion, hyperlapses, time lapses, GIFs, I got obsessed with speed ramping. So how to understand that and really master that to a certain extent, right? Now, it, next is masking, then rotoscoping, and then it just progresses to the point where I can take all of these tools and just keep adding them little by little into whatever I, I put out there. I love how tactical you are in your approach to the way you learn things, the way you 
you didn't say I'm just gonna learn video. You're like I'm learning speed ramping. I'm working on, you know, hyperlapses. I'm working on stop motion. Then I'm gonna move into typography or this or that. That's really neat. That's a, that's a great way to to really master a craft is to learn all the specific lanes within the the trade. Thanks, man. Yeah, just trying to get better every day, man. So you shoot a lot of live festival type photography what's that like it's fast paced it's fast turnaround high volume that's that's how you describe it the best the quality of work is always subjective to a certain point you know uh people are gonna love it people are gonna hate it it's all based on opinion but when it comes to how fast can you deliver and how much can you deliver it, that's that's the name of the game when it comes to festivals you know, because someone might be performing and if you get the photo back as soon as possible, then you have a higher chance of getting reposted or the client being happier because it's, you know, it's all about speed at that point, you know. Uh, but in terms of just mobbing out with your boys and shooting festivals, like there, there are so many times where working and it's it's a it's a good time to be reflective and be appreciative because you know if I'm working festivals and that's my job compared to like other people that are working nine to five and you know doing that daily grind that's something I can't do but those are the moments where I really appreciate that I'm able to do this for a living you know right so it sounds like you you plan on on partnering up with some friends and kind of slaying the the festival world. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so we've we've done festivals for quite some time individually, whether it's with the actual festivals, whether it's through brands, whether it's just going as a consumer and really trying to you know prove your worth and using your network. But now we have some sort of template where we know how to crush festivals and we have such a diverse group of creatives that we can really give all the variety that's that's needed so now we're going on the offense and really trying to target festivals because they're popping up every day and events and things that are you know that create that high anxiety fomo that if you don't if you miss out you want to go the next time so that's that's what we're targeting now so as the as the photographer as the this, let's just say content creators because you're shooting video and doing everything as the creator squad going into these festivals is the goal to the goal is to create as much FOMO as possible and to 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 have the most in, to showcase the most insane parts of the experience right and so are you guys getting specific access to the most insane parts of the experience or you guys really or is it a mix sometimes where you do get access and other times you have to really work for it and you have to really go find these special moments because that's how you win long term at that type of photography yeah I mean, it's it's all across the board to be honest like depending on what type of access you have you know you can have the craziest shots the craziest footage because for for events like golf ball where our homegirls and you know that that's family uh that's a family festival like the entire squad's there and we have access and we're 
We're shooting all the artists backstage. We have access to the pit. We have, you know, it, it's just we have a media house to to edit in. It's it's just it, it gives you so much more freedom. Mm-hmm. Be as creative as you want. And then there's the flip side where you might be going as a consumer and just trying to impress the one contact you have to to really, you know, show them that you exist and what you're capable of. Um, but yeah, it goes from access to just hustling because those days are long. They're like 12 to 15 hour days. People don't see that. People think it's just like, oh, the highlights on Instagram, but nah, it's 15, 12 to 15 hour days, like 20,000 steps. You're walking a day filled a backpack. That's probably like 30, 40 pounds with all the lenses you need. You know, it's so, so it's it's hard work, but at while I'm still able, I want to be able to to do this as long as possible. You know, and you obviously enjoy music and, and being at the festivals and all that stuff, so that helps, I imagine. Definitely, like I'm I'm very indifferent about music in terms of like I don't favor one over the other. I actually enjoy finding new artists and feeling a certain vibe with someone that I've never heard before. And I know like a lot of people are hip hop, you know, hip hop frenzy. They love like EDM, they love rock, but I'm open to any type of music as long as, you know, I'm, I'm vibing with it. The message is somewhat positive. I mean, if it's some, baby some, like, shark, do, 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 baby <laughs> that version of that is fire. <laughs> But, but yeah, I, I'm open to most types of music, to be honest. That's that's good, man. It's it's nice to have that eclectic music taste. How do you go about approaching a, a photograph? Like, what's your creative process like outside of the festival photography? Just your regular day to day work. I like to document people that matter to me, especially these days. Originally, is I was into street photography because I didn't have the the courage to go up to someone and ask for their photo, you know, and that that progression of who I am as a, as a person, you know, it, it, it took a lot of intentionality and an effort to, you know, be on this podcast even, you know, so it's been a long time coming, but I feel now I'm in a better place to approach anyone that I would want a photo of mm-hmm. and not for any selfish reasons, but for the reason that like I'm going to be giving them the photo. And if I was on the receiving end, who wouldn't want a high quality image, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the camera doing the high quality part. But it's like, how can, like, how would I feel if someone wanted to take a photo of me, you know? And I feel like for the most part, I would feel honored. You know, unless they were like right when they wake up or they're in some messed up situation. But just trying to document some some positive vibes and just trying to give someone a memory that they can look back on maybe 20, 30 years from now and they can remember it. You know? Yep. No, I feel that. What do you think some of the uh, the the biggest benefits behind the power of community are? Biggest benefits. Wow. I mean, it's accountability. It's encouragement it's motivation like if it was if this was just for myself i would not be where i am right now 
the people around me have shaped and molded me to be the man that I am now. But at the same time, when I have the opportunity to share and, and mentor or, or just encourage someone, I'll, I'll do the same thing because that was what happened to me. If it wasn't for Silva, Steve, Sweatpants, you know, Dave Krugman, all, all these people that just like, that they helped mold me in, in moments where I was too timid, I was second guessing myself, I was doubt, doubting myself. It was just like, they would encourage me and say, just the right things that weren't too like extra, but it was just the right amount to make me feel at ease that I'm on the right path, that I'm doing something right. And and I know we all have those moments where we start to doubt ourselves and we start to, you know, wonder if this is what we want to do. But you know, there's there's community around us that can help us get through hard times and push through and, and even when you're doing well, keep you in check too. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's beautiful. That, it, that That's so true. It's so important to find your community, your tribe for the accountability, for the motivation, inspiration, for the hard times. Having people when you know when you're down, it's nice to have people around you that have been there and can help pick you up and be like, "Hey, it's all good. We all we all fell too." You know, yeah. uh, especially people more seasoned than you. You know, it's nice to have that type cuz they help you avoid a lot of obstacles, you know, that they've already gone through and they're like, "Hey, you you, you really don't have to do this. <laughs> I already did it." You can just ignore that you know that path <laughs> absolutely I, I i have not i haven't shot one wedding <laughs> and that's because of everyone that has told me not to shoot weddings for whatever and and, and i know that it wouldn't have paired well with my personality mm -hmm. because i get bored really easily so if i'm doing something over and over again uh that would not last very long right. so within the creative field uh, I get bored really easily. So once I get sick of hyperlapses, time lapses, that's when I start to transition into the next part of my my skill set that I want to learn. That's when, I, and, and not discounting it, I just add it to what I'm capable of. But then for my creative growth, I need to learn something. And that's where something shiny and new comes along. Mm. I dig it. I can't wait to see what the, the next new shiny thing is <laughs> sounds like it's gonna be that speed ramp <laughs> <laughs> what about social media what do you what do you think some of the the pros and cons are of platforms like instagram uh, i think it's a great platform for its purpose for me it's it's work-based right so anything that i post nowadays it's it's what i want to get hired for so you don't be posting photos because that season of my life has transitioned to something new. And I'll still do it if someone needs it and if if everything aligns. But what I want to put on my Instagram is something that I'm passionate about, something that I want to do currently. And I, it's also great for staying connected with friends, new relationships and old ones. Mm -hmm. And it's also great for keeping up with clients because texts are too personal and emails are too formal. So a uh, response to a DM might just be the right, you know, right amount of flavor just to keep them in check and just remind them that, you know, I exist <laughs> mm -hmm. and 
because my follow-up game was really bad uh, when I first started out. Like, I would, I would make a great impression in real life, and then time just passed. And then when opportunities came up, it would kind of be this awkward, like, oh, hey, it's been a long time kind of thing. But now it's just like stay consistent with, with those relationships because a lot of these clients, they ended up turning into actual friendships, and now I consider some of them family, you know? Yeah. So outside of Instagram, what about other platforms? Are you are you experimenting with any other social media platforms like TikTok? So I have a TikTok account, but nothing's published. I want to get a catalog. Um, now that I'm doing video, I want to get a large enough catalog so I can be more consistent on there. Right. Um, I, I've been doing day flash as well, uh, but that's just to kind of put photos that generally won't go on Instagram. And it's, that's not work driven at all. Uh, Twitter is definitely something I'm very interested in. Uh, I know it's, it's more organic and it's more, uh, you can communicate more with people and it doesn't matter how big of a following you have or anything. People will always keep the conversation going if necessary, you know? So it's, it's, it's fun. Dude, I, I'm like you. I like Twitter too. I just got back on to Twitter a few days ago and it's been fantastic i haven't posted but i plan on 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 getting real real posty here coming yeah. up <laughs> coming up here in the next week or so but it, it, it's just it's kind of it felt refreshing i, I love the the short messages you can send real quick you can you can let a thought out of your head and then people can respond to a thread and like i like the flow of it mm -hmm. you know it feels to me it feels more real-time communal than like an Instagram or a Facebook or something like that. Yeah, and I, I, learned, I recently learned uh, from Silva like how to do a thread, and you could just add keep fo keep adding photos to a thread, and, and it just you can show essentially an entire like catalog of of images, and have people engage in each different part, and that that was interesting to me because it's something new. It is, dude. It's tight. I dude. So someone, I checked if I had a mention today on, on Twitter for whatever. I'm like, I haven't used it, but I'm curious if I have any mentions. Two days ago, someone had mentioned at Solar Flares, Solar Flares says, listen to at Artivisuals with Wonder Boy Prince, because even if you don't like art, his voice is very therapeutic. <laughs> Hashtag podcast on Spotify. <laughs> Space, man. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah, baby. I don't have I don't have a face for the movies, but I got a voice for the radio. <laughs> that voiceover career. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about uh, your background a little bit. I know you got an interesting upbringing. You've probably faced a little more adversity than 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 others, and so I'm I'm really curious to hear some of your your story of how Phil Yoon got to where you are today and where you started. Yeah. Um, everything stems from my mom. She was given the responsibility. She had a choice, but she, she chose to take the responsibility of raising two boys on her own. And from a very young age, we had to, well, my brother definitely understood the situation and, and really all he did was push forward. He knew he wanted to be a doctor when he was nine years old. Me, on the other hand, figured out I, figured out I wanted to be in the creative industry when I was 26 27 so very different um life decisions but mm -hmm. when 
my brother decided to go to med school and pursue that career, we talked as a family and we, we understood that it was going to be hard because he wasn't going to be making any money till he graduated 27th grade. And my mom was working at Macy's, Nordstrom, bartending at night. She was eventually got, got into dry cleaning and she, she was just like working 16 hour days just to provide us with a roof and, and food, you know? So a big part of my work ethic and, and understanding where I come from, it comes from my mom. And I'll never forget, we'll never forget that she was the one that decided to do that. And she didn't have to, she gave up everything in her life to, for us to have the opportunity and even the chance at doing something for our family. Um, so with that said, I, I got to college and I, I was playing baseball and I had these ambitious dreams of playing in the major leagues, but I ended up getting humbled and both career-wise and uh, physically, I tore my rotator cuff and ended up having to you know, bow out of that level of competition. And, I, and in hindsight, I, I was never good enough. <laughs> I was... I was okay, but I was, I knew, I know what it takes to get into the big leagues and I wasn't that, mm-hmm. but me being a competitive person, I always looked for what was my next stage of competition. And for that, that was basketball and then, and then poker. And then all of those things eventually led to me still being in the same fiscal situation I was, which is not as not where I wanted to be mm-hmm. and not being able to help my mom enough. So uh, I dropped out of college and started working any job. I was a doorman. I worked at a shipping company doing import export. I was a bank teller. I was a banker. And then eventually that that morning sunrise came and things started to click. And it, it wasn't until um then that i realized that my mom was working for the both of us cuz for the longest time it felt like she was working for my brother and he took it and ran i mean now he's a world renowned surgeon and he takes care of all my mom's financial needs she he he just makes sure she's okay and he recently got a puppy so she's like fulfilled in that sense of joy um so one day my brother and I were having lunch and I was very grateful for him paying for all the meals because he said that I no longer had to pay for any meals and I never wanted him to feel like I was taking him for granted. So I just wanted to extend that appreciation and he, his response, it, it, it hit home and he was, he pretty much said, look, you sacrificed that time and worked hard to help our family stay afloat during those hard times. Now you don't have to worry about that anymore. Mom's taken care of. She's good. Now it's your turn. So no excuses. You got you to gotta work your ass off and, and just go hard. And I, I really appreciate that because that paired with my mom and, and you know, where our family came from and the people that I surround myself with, it, it really gave me the confidence to, to work on my weaknesses and really 
focus on getting better every day. Bro, and look at you now. Look at you now, baby. Putting in that work. Yeah, man. Let's talk a little bit about uh, video. So video, what's the learning curve been like uh, moving into video from photography? I'm just curious on a scale from zero to 10, how hard has it been for you? How hard has it been? It's, it's been okay. Like the, the biggest obstacle for me was my hardware. Gotcha. My previous laptop, I was not able to even preview any footage I got, let alone edit anything. So once I decided, and and I've been putting that off, I I was putting that off for a while. And and maybe that's, I just wasn't ready to commit. But once I broke it down and realized that that was the only thing holding me back, I invested and I got an obscenely expensive (laughs) laptop which hurt a lot, but after that, it's like I can have Lightroom, Photoshop, Premiere, and After Effects open at the same time, and my workflow is is it's a workflow. It's not it's not hindered in any way. Mm. But that that was the first step because after that, there's no excuse. Now it's all about learning the terminology, and then googling and YouTubing. Yep. University, you know, like from that point on, it's how much effort do you want to put in and how can you go about it in a calculated way where you're not overwhelmed, you're learning little bits and pieces at a time and you're just trying to get better than the previous version of yourself. Right. That's the level of competition that I really seek right now. Cause I've been in, in, in mindsets where I was competing against other people and it just led to dark places. I don't, I don't, I, since I know that I, I don't want it to happen again. So the only level of competition that I have for myself is how can I be better than the most recent version of me? And that's the only competition at the end of the day that matters, right? Yeah, like exactly. That that's that's the that is the war. Yeah, the war is with 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 ourselves, yeah. <laughs> not with anyone else. I mean, I I use other people their their creative creativity as inspiration and motivation. Yep, there are some really incredible. Uh, content creators and artists out there that I strive to be like in terms of capabilities, but how can I learn what they're capable of and make it my own? Mm -hmm. And it all stemmed from golf ball last year, not this past year, but last year where our head of production, Maria Sutherland, she asked me to do a GIF. I was like, ah, uh, yeah, sure. And then she was like, yeah, you can do it. You have the utmost confidence. And I've never done anything like it before. And I asked my boy KO, Kevin Ornells, uh, who came on the road trip, if he could help me out. Mm-hmm. So he kind of gave me the idea of how to, how to shoot it. And like, we got some random festival goers to help out. And then afterwards, we brought the footage and, and the the photos into the media trailer and he had to go sh- shoot some other things. So I was stuck there. Not how to edit it. <laughs> I was like, I was YouTubing on my phone underneath the table, how to make it, how to edit a GIF. And I'm struggling. I'm sweating. Meanwhile, Tommy Lundberg's sitting right next to me. Oh, 
had no idea. I had no idea. He's just watching me struggle, and he's just like, oh, why don't you do this? So he, Kevin was the first person who taught me how to shoot one, and Tommy was the first person that sh- taught me how to edit one, and it was on a job location. Dude, that is tight. <laughs> and I'll, 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 I posted it recently, and, and I'll never forget it because I used that as like – a staple to show how far I've come, <laughs> but I'll always be very appreciative of, of Tommy and Kevin for putting me on when they didn't need to. <laughs> that's, dude, that's so nice. That's like another community thing too. That's yeah. that's rad. Which which video is it? I want to watch it. It's the ice cream one. Okay, I see it. Yeah, and I see all like I see how much better it could be. Like my hands still in there and everything, but like, but that was where it all started. And then ever since then, it's been very encouraging Heck yeah. for everyone around me, just pushing me to be better. Dude, like even, even Maria, she uh, got me onto a job for 29 Rooms, and I put a, I made this uh, little video, and she was just very hyped about me, and she said something that I'll never forget. She was like, I'm excited to see where this journey takes you. And I, I, I told her recently, that I'll never forget it, but you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna reiterate it again. I'll I'll never forget when she said that because it's all about the journey. It's a marathon, you know. Yep. So to know that people are in in your corner and and rooting for you, it, it's a good feeling. Dude, it is. It's uh, it's the best feeling. Mm-hmm. Every and I feel like every, like I hope that everyone has that. And if you don't have that, like you're hanging around the wrong people. That's all yes. that tells me is like you got the wrong people around you. Absolutely. Uh, who you keep in your circle matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about traveling? So you've been, you've probably done more traveling in the last little stint than probably ever. Yeah. Yeah. Every month I've gone back east. Mm-hmm. So trying to stay true to my bi-coastal goals. Uh, when I left the east coast, I told all my clients. I told all my friends that this is an expansion. It's not me leaving. It's an expansion. And a lot of people didn't believe me, but I really wanted to make the effort to come back every month and reconnect with clients, with friends, with family. I also told my mom the one contingency of me leaving is that I'll visit her once a month. I'm a huge mama's boy. So... That was one reason, probably the only reason my mom allowed me to leave. (laughs) (laughs) I do have to get her out here. Um, But just trying to stay as active as possible because I get lazy when I'm complacent, when I'm standing still for too long. So this allows me to be on top of my stuff, just nonstop, go, go, go. Uh, It also... Doesn't it also helped that I had seven weddings this uh, this summer? All friends that decided to get married this year, <laughs> so they're all on the East Coast. So we made the the trip back, but I made sure to fill my calendar with as much as possible, whether it's work, meetings, you know, just chopping up with friends, just mm-hmm. making sure that the effort is there because I know what it takes to have a successful relationship. And that's communication and effort. Yep. Those are the things that will help it thrive. 
Um, before we wrap up the podcast, since you're talking about relationships, I'd love for you to take that a little bit deeper and talk about how keeping strong relationships has allowed you to succeed on the business front. It's, it's everything from the colleagues that you're working with, you know, the mentors, the clients, even your family, just making sure that those relationships are, are tended to and that you show that you care for them, whether it's a client or family, doesn't matter. They're all relationships and the amount of effort and the amount of transparency and the amount of communication that you show will go tenfold. And that's what I'm about. The long-term compounded relationships that, that mean something because they might have a title here, but you don't know where they're going to be five, 10 years from now, you don't know what they're going to be going through and what impact you might have on them if you're just showing that you care. And when it comes down to it, that's what it's all about, the the human aspect, Mm -hmm. because money comes and goes. It's the relationships that are built over time that they see the vulnerabilities and the, the love and all the positives and negatives in life that that really will you know, be something worth remembering. So definitely put effort into those relationships and, and keep building them. Because for me, I'm 34 years old, and it's rare to find meaningful connection uh, this late in the game. So when I see it, I, I hold on for dear life. And I'm the type of person that trusts 100% until you, you, you prove me otherwise. Mm. So... You know, just just really build those relationships because you never know when you might need them or you you never know when they might need you. And it, it's those moments that really matter more than anything. Indeed. I love how you said that you lead with trusting them first and foremost. I think that's 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 leading with your heart open, you know, which which allows things to flow much more openly and smoothly and uh, makes people feel a certain type of way. And so that's a great great mindset on that we're coming up to about the hour on our time for the podcast and so normally when we wrap up the episode we have our guests share some words of wisdom and love and encouragement with the aov community so whenever you're ready my boy phil feel free to uh spread some love man first of all i appreciate you you having me on just uh this is my first time doing something like this and i'm honored to have you be the first person and for the AOV community, just keep building those relationships. Those relationships matter and you'll, you'll find yourself in a much better place when you ha- when you surround yourself with the people that matter. Phil Yoon, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to follow him on Instagram. That's phil.yoon. That's P H I L dot Y O O N. Phil Yoon, my brother, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the AOV Podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. We're on Spotify, iTunes, you name it, Google Play, we're all there. Subscribe, subscribe, share it with your friends, your family, your wives, your moms, everybody. And until then, see you next time.